0: Hey everybody, and thank you for tuning in again to another episode of Sibling Chivalry. Um, As always, I am Sarah Beth. Um, Today I'm very excited we have Caroline with us today, so say hi Caroline. Hello everybody. Um, Today we are going to be talking about her sister Buffy, Um, kind of hear a little bit about her, kind of hear about just her life, um, and then, you know, circumstances with, with losing her sister Buffy, um, kind of talk about, um, Caroline's grieving process, um, kind of talk about some, some similarities, some differences and things like that. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. So, um, Caroline, why don't you, uh, go ahead and just kind of give us a little backstory about Buffy, maybe, um, what her disabilities were, um, and we'll kind of go from there.
1: All right, sounds
0: great. Um, Buffy
1: had profound intellectual disabilities, as well as cerebr- cerebral palsy, as well as a seizure disorder. So, it had some pretty complicated um, issues going on growing up. Uh, was completely nonverbal, so did not communicate verbally, but certainly communicated non-verbally I mean we certainly under she's clearly communicated with us yeah did
0: you did you guys use any um like pictures or anything like that with her to help her communicate
1: they attempted that when she was younger but she never latched on really to anything I mean I could put two things in front of her and she clearly indicated what what she wanted Yeah. Um, she made clear choices as to whether she liked or disliked something and what she she
0: wanted one way or the other Okay, I was going to say it cuz like I think when we when we kind of talked a little bit um yesterday like we tried we they tried to do picture symbols and stuff like that with my brother and it just got to a point where it didn't really click with him either. He literally would just like if he wanted something he'd bring you a kitchen towel or a sock right. or whatever he could grab onto. But so I guess he kind of did kind of grab the concept of if I bring you something, I get something. Yeah. Um that's kind of it's kind of interesting sometimes the nonverbal sometimes they I guess it really just kind of depends on how far they've developed um, mentally. How how far mentally developed was she? A couple of years, not much more than that. Um, but she had, you know, very childlike yeah. in, her, in her manners yeah. and her communication. Aww. Yeah, I think it's, it's almost kind of, you know, they, they get to be a little bit older, but they're still a kid. So you kind of still get to be a kid with right. them. Which, right. it, which which I enjoyed thoroughly because, like, my brother loved Disney movies. So, I mean, we were, you, you know, for most of my life watching Disney movies. So, yeah, you still kind of get to be a kid with them, which is kind of fun. I agree. I definitely agree.
1: She loves Sesame Street. So, grow, yep. you know, yeah, you go back and you get all these kids' programs that
0: you're probably enjoying
1: more than, than they are at this
0: point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, was, there were several of those, I think. Um Like some of the, with, with my brother, it was old school Sesame Street. So it was, um, you know, back in like the eighties and the nineties, um, you know, he loved the count and, you know, so we would, we would do, you know, when he's got the song doing the batty bat and, you know, things like that, you know, we would sing that with, you know, to him or, um, he loved Grover, like super Grover, um, you know, so there, there are plenty of those songs that are still like stuck in my head and yep. I'll catch myself singing some of them sometimes. So it's definitely some of those things definitely stick with you for sure. Definitely. I can empathize with that completely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, now uh, you said she was only a couple of years mentally. How old did she live to be? She was 50. Oh God, I have to go backwards.
1: 55. So she's four years older than me. And then we have a, brother. I have a brother who is five years younger than me and nine years younger than Buffy.
0: So oh, wow. a big age difference. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, and when, when did she pass? What year was that? This past April. Oh, wow. So, so a year recent. In
1: April. A year in April.
0: Wow. Okay. I guess I, I didn't realize how recent that one was. Um, so, um, you want to talk about a little bit, like kind of what led up to her passing and kind of, um, like your mental state kind of going through those final moments. And then, you know, the, the time period afterwards, how did you kind of, um, process all of that? Well,
1: she was put into the hospital at the end of March, beginning of April, um, with dehydration. And, uh, that was the first trip in. Yeah. So they thought, okay, we'll get the fluids in her. They did an IV. We'll send her home. Um, then she went back in again because she wasn't eating. Buffy loved to eat. Mm-hmm. She, was, she was Food was a big issue for her, her getting her snack when we would arrive, coming yeah. with that bag. You didn't come with the plastic bag. Forget it. You weren't going to get in the door <laughs> she was looking for her snacks.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so for them to tell me she wasn't eating was a red flag. Right away, yeah. drinking I could understand because she had, they had to really push the fluids, mm-hmm. but eating was I was like no something's not right here. So they sent her in again to the ER and they got her um, her stabilized and they sent her home. So we had two trips. The third trip, her oxygen level sunk. We were like, ah, this is not with with all that was going on with COVID everybody's talking about oxygen levels. Yeah. Now I'm getting worried. Wait a minute, what's going on here? Yeah. They the group home manager the staff at her group home was absolutely phenomenal. She was in the same group home. She just completed 20 years before she passed with them. Oh wow. So um, they were family to us, family to her. The manager spent the manager and the assistant manager rotated taking care of her one on one. Between mm-hmm. those two trips, so they would do twenty four hours on twenty four hours off. They didn't leave her, which wow. was absolutely fantastic for us. But Michelle went with her to the hospital, her manager, and said, "No, you have to do a COVID test." Something in the back of her mind was going, this is just this is too much I, this is the yeah. third too much for her, and even though she wasn't running a fever at that point, they said, "We're not going to take her back to the group home." unless you figure this out. Mm-hmm. Like, so, um, and it was difficult for us because we couldn't get anywhere near them. We, right. couldn't go the group home, we couldn't go to the hospital. I'm dealing with phone calls back and forth. You can't see the people you're talking to. You can't see mm-hmm. how she's doing. You you have to trust the staff yeah. that you have around her, which you do, but in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, I, you know, I my hands are tied. I want to yeah. be there. Right. So they sent her, they didn't they kept her that last time, which was nerve wracking for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was in the hospital for I would say three, four days at that point before she just started to go downhill. And mm-hmm. she was perfectly fine the morning she passed. We talked to her that morning via Zoom. They got a Zoom mm-hmm. in there for us, which was great. And she was Anna you know, she was making sounds, she was looking at the camera, she was yeah. much lost absolutely loves my husband and he could get a smile out of her when the rest of us like the rest of us are there and she will ignore us just to get that reaction. Same thing, same way she is with her brother. Yeah. Um, But he was chatting with her and she's getting very animated and very happy. It was a brief call, but I felt really good leaving that call. I'm like, okay, this is going to get better now. Look, we're, we're headed in the right direction. She's, Mm -hmm. She's reacting to us more. She seemed more alert my brother wasn't available for that call. So he had his own call set up, which he never made because she passed before he got that phone call. Oh. So a lot of stuff there with him that mm-hmm. I don't think he's processed. Yeah. But I'd say 4, 430. I, I had just come off teaching, um, so I wasn't looking for phone calls. I was finished with mm-hmm. the day. I, was like, I talked to the doctor. I figured she was set. I wasn't the evening call. My brother was. My husband Mm -hmm. took the morning. My brother took the afternoon. I just wasn't dealing well with all these doctors. It was too much for me mentally. So the guys said, look, you know what? We'll take the doctors. So they did the check-in with the hospital. But Rob had done his in the morning. So I was like, okay, everybody's set now. Peter will do his in the evening. And I'll get my usual 8 or 9 o'clock call. So I had some finishing up. And the doctor called and said, get here right away. Well, you don't want to hear that. Right. And in New York City even if you're jumping in an uber you're not going to get anywhere at four o'clock in the afternoon oh Quick. gosh yeah you're dealing with traffic you're dealing with and you're now in a full-blown panic
0: yeah. so that's
1: where we are very um spiritual we're very my husband and i are very religious very faith-based that's where you have to say okay stop <laughs> we need to take five minutes and we need to say a prayer here because i yeah. don't know what we're walking into and we're not going to be able to deal with what's in front of us if we don't ourselves strength. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I said I'm not going to make all these phone calls now. I'm going to wait. Right. I'm going to use that 10 minutes to just get myself ready for whatever's on the other end. Mm-hmm. We got there and they, the it was a young resident. He was fantastic. Um, they were doing. They were working on her when we got there. Yeah. So we said stop. This is ridiculous to pull her through this. She is not going to tell. You know want all this going on so we were there with her which was good uh, yeah and the nurse that came in to to thank us for coming and to appreciate you know just to give us our her sympathy actually had treated her a year or two before and remembered her personality which i thought was great
0: mm. remember
1: that soft warm personality yes yeah. Oh, yeah i know your sister so that was nice to hear mm-hmm. uh, but i don't think i I've wandered around for the next few days and a pretty much of a days right um, have a unfortunately we had an elder in our congregation pass exactly an hour prior to my sister so oh, wow. so i was calling with my news and they were calling to call tell us about him mm-hmm. and we were getting people were dealing you know two traumas at the same time is difficult for a congregation so people were trying to figure out where they could be the right. most at the most moment who do we call who do we not so um I was meeting up with a lot of people already upset, which was, I guess, difficult because um, I could not, they didn't want to tell me what was going on, but you know when people you're close to are upset about something, like just tell me, right? This is not making any sense. So once we got that sorted out, I mean, I really spent the next few days just in quiet reflection. Mm -hmm. Prayer is absolutely phenomenal and sort of took over all the, phone calls, and we were able to get our congregation to do a memorial service pretty quickly, which was yeah. good. So I needed that, and the, the local elder that did her service, because my, I'll, I'll make this clear, I'm sorry, I didn't. My family does not share my religion. Mm-hmm. So to them, my brother's Jewish, my parents were Unitarian. Uh, so there's no connection, you know, with a different face. Right. So, my brothers would have been content. He still hasn't done a service. He's content to just, okay, when COVID-19 clears and we can all gather, well, I needed to be connected to my congregation as quickly right. as possible. So local elder who's very close to us, almost like a spiritual grandfather, or father, said, I'll, I, I reached out and I said, could you just do a talk? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, let me put it together. You got it. I've got you. So my family was able to log on to that Zoom. Mm-hmm. Which is good for them because they were seeing the support. Yes. That we were getting, and I think it was helpful to the. My brother has two kids who we're very close to. I think it was important for Eli and Abby to see that there was a whole bunch of people out there that cared about the family and they had support. So Eli yeah. was very upset, very upset. In fact, the group home did a memorial about a week before ours, and he sat through that service. He's nine. He's the social emotional, as I call it, of the two. <laughs> he, he was, he, he spoke and he said how, and he's only, he only met her once. So he kept saying, I didn't get a chance to spend time with her. I didn't get a chance to, whereas my niece came to New York more frequently. You know, I met, I lost out on this relationship. Mm-hmm. I like none of that is up to you. Yes. Yeah your responsibility and look where you are right now. You're being very supportive. This is great and we'll make sure that she lives on in your memory. You know, he has now a picture. We sent him framed picture so he has a picture up in his room. Mm -hmm. But um it was good to have that support. I think that's where I turned. Um so I hope I don't know what else I can add
0: there or what other question you might have. Um so you know Would you say that um, your faith and religion really kind of helped you process it and and help you kind of work through it? My hope for the future, for us,
1: there's different people who believe different things. We believe in um, what's called a resurrection, right? Mm -hmm. And a paradise earth in the future and a resurrection to where this is what brings me great joy because Buffy will be able to, even though she didn't understand, and this hope is open to everyone, but she will be brought back and be able to do all of the things that she wasn't able to do before. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more death. She will be able to run. I can visualize her running, Mm -hmm. walking, eating all the things that she couldn't eat, talking, having a conversation. Yes. So that hope, if I want to get there and be with her, I have to remain faithful. I have to remain close. So that, to me, my congregation constantly you know think about this remember keep that in your head keep that picture in your head yeah uh, and that brings me great comfort
0: yeah i think i think that's something that um helped my family kind of work through um the loss of my brother because he was also nonverbal um he wasn't even really <laughs> maybe um maybe a year old mentally Um, so, you know, there was a lot of stuff he couldn't do. He was in diapers, you know, he was on tube feedings. You're literally doing everything for him, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, the, the, the great comfort was that, you know, he's passed now, um, and he's whole now. He's not, you know, he, he's not without anything. He can speak. He can, he lost the, he, he did walk. He was walking. Um, And then later on in his life, um, his muscles just started to kind of atrophy and uh, he could still kind of walk with help at the end, but he couldn't walk on his own anymore. He crawled around to get, you know, and so, you know, now that he's passed and he's passed on, he can run and walk and, you know, and talk and tell people how, how he's feeling, what he's feeling, you know, and so, You know, the thought that he is now whole and 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 a perfect whole being, you know, that's not in pain and in suffering anymore. I think that was a, a comfort to us knowing that, yes, he's not here with us anymore, but he is now whole. He's not suffering. He is, he, you know, he has a perfect body now and can do all of those things that he couldn't do before. And so that was, that was a, a great help to us. So, um, <clears throat> I, I definitely get, you know, faith kind of playing into it and, and really helping, um, process and move on. Um, I know when I talked with Michaela last week, cause I had, I had some issues with anger, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, I, I had to kind of process through that because my initial was, you know, yeah, he's not hurting anymore, but my anger stemmed from why, why my brother, you know, why, (laughs) um, why would God choose to take my brother, um, who is the sweetest person in the world, overtaking someone who's not so nice, you know, someone who kills people or, or you know, whatever, um, you know, so there was a lot of anger of, of trying to work through that, because I, w- I was angry that it was my brother that was gone and not some, you know, horrible person on the street, you know, and so I, I had to work through that. And, um, you know, finally getting to the other side of the anger, once I got through the anger is when I processed the sadness, I couldn't, I couldn't process the grief until I got through the anger, Um, you know, and then once I got into the grief part, that's, that's where the faith aspect helped me process, you know, um, once I wasn't angry anymore at God for taking my brother, then it was, okay, well, you know, he, I mean, he clearly had a plan, you know, I mean, you know, would I I really want my brother here still suffering? Because he you know, it started off, you know, his, his, um, disabilities were more physical. Um, clearly we knew there was something mentally, but, you know, there was the, um, you know, he was kind of behind, he couldn't talk, you know, it took him longer to learn how to walk. And it wasn't until, you know, he hit, 13 and had juvenile onset diabetes um, you know and then from there it just kind of progressed you know and then eventually he started aspirating a whole lot and so um, he had silent aspiration he had a couple double pneumonias from that and then it was okay well he needs to go on tube feeds and so then he had to take away from him like one of the last things he had which was food Mm. and drink which he loved you know, That's and we tough. still kind of, we still kind of gave him little bits by mouth here and there. Um, you know, we couldn't really fully take that away from him because that was, that was just hard because he just mm-hmm. stared at you when you're eating. <laughs> it's yeah. like, okay, oh well, I, I have to give you a bite too because you're staring at me and I feel bad, you know. Um, but yeah, he just, he just steadily got worse. And then, you know, that the last six months just were difficult. <laughs> It was it was hard because you see him go downhill so quickly, you know, and so. so um, but yeah, you know the I, I get the whole you know sibling that's that's nonverbal, you know. It's um, you said she could clearly kind of tell you what she wanted. Um, I know my brother really did a lot of communication with his eyes. Mm. Uh, did she? Were there particular things that you could just tell that she wanted by a look or a sound? I can I can give you a good example. Um, she
1: had she was still walking right, but not she, her balance wasn't great. I mean you had to be very careful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but growing up, if she didn't want to go somewhere, if she didn't want to do something. I mean when she would come home, she would come home from pr- uh, the program. Uh, to, she came home twice a year, Christmas and Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. My parents celebrated the holidays. We didn't. Mm-hmm. So I would go over the night before to avoid the holiday, give her my mother the 24 hours of help, and then my brother would come in for the holiday. Mm-hmm. So getting off the bus in a crowded New York City street, you know, the big yellow buses, uh-huh. people don't have any patience, right? Yeah. She clearly indicated that she didn't like all of this confusion and that people were just going to have to wait until she got off the bus and in the house, sorry, right. but this is my family and I'm, she would sit down. She, would, <laughs> the noisier the traffic was, the more the people were honking. She would say, okay, you, you're gonna make a big deal out of me, then I'm gonna sit down in the middle of the street. And you're gonna, now it's gonna be even more difficult for you because you're right. gonna have to wait for them to fig- either call my brother to carry her, which is what he would do. Yeah. Or just completely wait for us to negotiate And so we could get her up on her feet and she would do that with if she didn't want to go to the table because you didn't have the right snack, she would go down. Um, She also, if you put two things in front of her and she didn't like them, she'd push one off the table. Um, (laughs) If she was upset with you for some particular reason, for example, if you hadn't visited in a while, Mm -hmm. she wouldn't make eye contact. She wouldn't look at you. She wouldn't give you the time of the day. for Like the first five or 10, 15 minutes you were there. yeah. It was, where have you been? Why should I even look at you right now? <laughs> so this is what we dealt with. But um, she had her, like you were talking about, his favorite snack. She loved goldfish. My husband has her had her addicted to, the I don't know what they were called. They were like a hostess cupcake because uh-huh. everything was soft, and he would cut it up into little pieces and, and feed him to her. She loved that. Uh, vanilla ice cream with strawberry syrup. If you did... Anything that was off that Snapple iced tea, she drank Snapple iced tea at every visit. My mother. If you veered off those things and tried to give her something different, like my mother didn't like her having sweets. So she would try to get her something healthy. Forget it. It never yeah. worked. This is my visit. This is once a week. What are you doing? You know. Yeah. Um, so that was clear. Music. If you put on music that she didn't like, that didn't have a beat or was too slow, she would go and turn it off on whatever device. She knew the buttons. She knew how to turn things on. <laughs> or pull the headset off and throw it. Any number of things. Turn the channel on the TV. Any... You know, she she was pretty, I mean, that way with it. She knew what she wanted. Yes. She knew who she wanted to see and who she didn't want to see. <laughs> so, that's she great. didn't like pictures, taking photographs was almost impossible.
0: She didn't yeah. like the She would put her head down. Mm-hmm. See, I think my brother, there would be times, so, you know, he liked Disney. And, and I've mentioned this before. He had, like, a core Set of movies that he absolutely loved and if you tried to introduce something new um he might tolerate it for maybe like five minutes yep. but then it was okay you need to change my video you know he'd, he'd crawl out of the front room into the living room or wherever we were and he'd literally just sit there and stare at you until you got up to go change it um and so but my mom wanted him to learn to like new ones. So every, every so often she'd put him out there, she'd put it in and then she'd block him in there. And she's like, you're going to watch this. And Oh boy. Um, there are several times when he would start to throw a fit, uh, you know, and so he'd start to get vocal and you'd go back out there and you tell him, no, you're going to watch it. Um, and there would be times when he got older where he would start screaming mm-hmm. and like throwing himself on the, you know, he'd be sitting on the couch and he'd lean forward and throw himself back and mm-hmm. mom would be like, okay, that's it. And she would just turn the TV off completely. Right. I and that's when it would really start, you know, and you had to kind of let him just get it out. Yeah. You know, and then it would go from yelling and screaming to this pathetic, yep. like, half sob, like, feel sorry for me, you know, give me a video, you know. And so, like, he, he was very stubborn. Like, he, yep. you know, he was, he was like, like, she was with her snacks, he was with his videos. Like, yep. you give me these videos and nothing else and I'll be fine, you know. Um, or if we just, we ignored him, he would crawl into the living room and just lay down on the floor. Yep, And sometimes he would fall asleep. He would be laying there so long. He was that stubborn, you know. And it's just, it's so funny that he got to be so, so set in his ways, you know. It was, I want this. I want it when I want it. Um, Mm -hmm. And if I'm not happy, I'm going to let you know, you know. And so he was, he found other ways to communicate, you know. He, um you could kind of tell by just looking at his face, if he felt sick or if he didn't feel good. Um, You know, and my mom got so good at, at reading his facial expressions, you know, it it got to a point where she could almost tell just by looking at him, if his blood sugar was low or if he was, if he was running high, you know, so it was, it's kind of neat how they adapt and they learn to, to find other ways to let us know what they want. Um, You know, I really I really have to give my brother credit. I mean, for for being so, you know, low, low developed mentally and, and not being able to speak. He found ways to let us know, you know, he he worked around with what he had and figured out a way to to let us know what he wanted. Um, most of the time that was going to the kitchen and grabbing a cup out of the sink and throwing it down on the floor, whether it had liquid in it or not, it was going on the floor. Um, or if like my mom had, um, like if she had been in the middle of washing dishes or something and had walked away, if he was thirsty, he would grab a cup out of the sink full of dishwater and go to drink it because he was thirsty and he wanted to drink, you know? So I just, I, I just think it's so funny that. You know the different ways that they find to communicate what they want. Um, I know that um, one of the things he used to do also um, was he wanted to look you in the eye, but if you had a hat on or if you had glasses on, he mm-hmm. would try to take them off because yeah, he I wanted to—he yeah. wanted to see your eyes. Yep. And so he would go to take your glasses off, um, and once they were off, like, all, all bets were off, he would, like, pull your face in and mm-hmm. just give you this sloppy kiss, like, all over your face. Mm-hmm. Um, My sister just was cute. notorious for that.
1: The hugs, pulling you in, the, in the, the, the grip, the killer yep. grip. That just never let go. She's and she'll pull you in anyway. You have, your hair gets in. Don't forget it. My yep. husband he has very little hair on his head, so she had the hardest time in the world figuring out how to pull him uh-huh. in because it's not. There's nothing to grab onto. There. Right. So just reach for his neck. Okay, I'll pull you that way. If there's nothing.
0: <laughs> well, my
1: glasses. My glasses were gone the first thirty seconds in the door. I, I usually took them off and just put them to the side because it was like I, I'm gonna yeah. lose them. Uh, and I mean, she grabbed the hands, the, the hand grip. I mean, she wanted to hold hands all the time. Yeah. And we were we would use that because she always had her hands in her mouth. So better to hold my hand than your hands in your mouth. Yeah. And you don't want to get into that battle when you're visiting. Of let's, let's constantly pulling the hands out of your mouth. So, all right, I'll I'll hold your hands or I'll put something in your hands. But she has it. I've always warned people when they met her for the first time, watch out for the a the grip. So if she gets a hold of you, you're going to get squeezed and she's going to pull you in for a hard hug. So just yeah. watch. And that's how you knew if she liked somebody or not. Yeah. I mean, if she if she walked up to you, either sat down in your lap or gave you a hug, you were set. You were approved. If she didn't like you, she would make no attempt whatsoever. She could feel a person's vibe or whatever and she knew, okay, no, this person isn't going to be is uncertain around me, is uncomfortable around me. Yeah. I can that. I'm not going to bother with that person. It's not yeah. worth my time, but this one over here actually is interested. So I'll go there before. And I'm
0: sure your brother was the same way. They're oh, very- yeah. they're very, they're very intuitive that way. Um, we lived in Michigan for a time before we moved to Kansas and, um, Aaron was still walking when we lived up there. And so there were several people at church, um, that he would always go up to. Um, and the thing with my brother was is he really liked you if you interacted with him, um, you know, if you kind of got down on his level. Um, and that's one thing i've I've noticed is sometimes people they just they don't know right. how to act around them. sometimes they're they're uncomfortable. Um, you know, not everybody is going to be comfortable around somebody with special needs. Yeah. Um, but there were several people um because my brother, if you held both of his hands, if he was super excited, he would jump. Um, it was like a hop. You know, his feet wouldn't necessarily always leave the ground, but it was like a hopping motion. Um, and there would be some people that would actually do that with him, you that's know. True. And so he he loved those people. He always made sure to go see those people, um, whether, you know, he had people when we because we lived in Oklahoma first. That's where my brother and I were both born. Um, and so the church that we were at there that we grew up in, there were several people like that. Um, or we had, um, a pastor that would come and visit. Um, he pastored a church in Fritch, Texas Mm -hmm. and, um, he and our pastor at the time were good friends. And so, um, he would come to visit from time to time and, and, and preach at the church. And he absolutely loved my brother. And my brother just absolutely loved him. Um, my brother used to wear bandanas, so he wouldn't put his shirt in his mouth. And so you put the bandana in his mouth instead and so he would put his bandana in his mouth and this pastor would put his tie in his mouth, oh, you great. know, and would just like just get silly with him, you know. Um, and so my brother loved people that would just interact with yeah. him in that way, you know. Um, and um, it's kind of funny because now um, because, you know, I've, I've grown up around this, you know, so I'm I'm I I feel very comfortable and at ease with people with special needs, no matter what their, their, their level is. Um, And it's so funny now um, at work, every so often a customer will come in um, with, with a, a, you know, a a child with special needs. And um, if, if I'm there in the store, if I say hi to the parent, I say hi to the, to the child as well. Um, And they get the biggest kick out of it. Just being said hi, you know, just saying hi to them or waving at them, you know, and you just get this big, huge smile, which I love that. I love I I love making people smile. But there's something about the smile of of a kid with special needs. It's
1: that's what gives you joy. You know, I mean, I love that's why I teach. Yeah. Siblings taught us so much, and we can then put that back into practice. I mean, I look at my kids, and I see a lot of similarities. Like every now and then you'll see I'll have a child that will make similar noises to Buffy. I've got mm-hmm. one this year that does. And it smacks me sometimes because it will come okay. out of blue and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Yep. <laughs> my, my assistant is new to me this year, and she's picking up. She's uh-huh. very intuitive. She'll, she'll hear him, and she'll go, oh, Carolyn, it's okay. You want me to take him for a minute? you want to breathe? Because she knows the... Uh, the sounds. Yeah. It's like no, actually, it gives me great joy
0: to hear that yeah. because I wouldn't hear it otherwise.
1: Yeah. But, but uh,
0: yeah, it's nice to see that. that uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I was sharing the the story with you yesterday about um, the lady that I helped at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm gonna just I'm going to share it now because I I haven't I haven't shared it with the group or anything yet because I, you know, every week I challenge people to go out there and and make somebody smile. Um, and so I work in retail, um, for those of you who don't, that are listening, who don't know a whole lot about me. Um, I'm a manager, um, in retail and, um, I had one of my associates, um, come over the radio and say that we had a parent who lost, um, their child and it was an, an adult child with Down syndrome. And so they, um, call that a a code, code Adam in our store. And so, um, I got over the radio and was like, Hey, you know, we, we have a, a missing person in our store. We need to, to keep our eyes open. And so I went to, to go and, and look and, and help try to find her, you know, had a, a brief description of her. Um, and she was over in shoes. She had her own shopping cart and she was shopping for shoes. And so, um, I asked one of my associates to stay with her while I went to find the mom and found her and brought her over. And, um, she was just like, Oh, I was so worried. I couldn't find you. And, you know, her daughter had diabetes also and, and had issues with low blood sugar. Um, and she was, thank you so much for finding her. And, um, she was like, can I give you a hug? She's like, I've been vaccinated. Can I give you a hug? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You know, she gave me this big hug and, um, um, you know, it was just, you know, yes, it's part of my job when something like that happens, but, you know, it, it was, it was apparent with someone with special needs, so that made it a little bit more special, and, um, so when they went to, to check out and purchase their items, I, you know, I jumped on the register and, and went to ring them up, and, you know, was, was talking with her, and, um, everything the girl was buying was purple. So I'm like, oh, and, you know, is your favorite color purple? And she's like, yeah, I like purple, you know. And as she, when she was on her own, I guess she had found a couple things. And she was like, she's like, mom, I grabbed this candle for you, you know. And, and she had done some shopping for her mom. But, you know, helping her find her daughter and, and you know, it's it, it makes me feel good to, yeah. you know, obviously I helped her, you know, helped a mom find their kid. So yeah, that makes me feel good. But, you know, anytime I can interact yeah. with someone with special needs, um, it just kind of takes me back. I kind of miss it now, you know, um, when, you know, Aaron, when we moved to Michigan, he had a, he was in a school um, that was for adults with special needs up to the age of 26 which my mom actually told me that it was actually not supposed to be to the age of 26, but I guess there was a a typo or something when they went to put it all in and it made it through. So, you know, they got to be there till they were 26. Um, So, you know, we would go up to the school periodically. Um, So we were around it then, but then we moved to Kansas and there's nothing. Um, We put his name on a waiting list um, but there were no programs. There there wasn't really anything. Um, and so we we weren't really around, you know, others with special needs anymore. Um and then he passed and shortly after he passed we got a call and we we're like, Oh hey, you know, yeah. he's, he's got these benefits and we we're like, Well, he he passed away. Um, so yeah, anytime I get to interact with them now, you know, I'm i finally at a place where I'm comfortable interacting with them. Um You know, like before we had hit the one year anniversary, there was a kid that was uh, had was in my my workplace and he walked just like my brother walked Um, like like kind of walked on his tippy toes. And um, his stature was kind of the same and he was making sounds that were the same. And I looked at one of my other managers. I was like, I have to I have to walk off the floor. I was like, there's a kid that's reminding me of my brother right now and I need to step off the floor, you know, and I and I stepped Off the floor, and I just cried. Um, I don't know
1: if you're—I don't know if you're familiar with the Sibshop program. You probably are. Um, No, not. Oh, you're not. Okay. Well, Uh -uh. Sibshops is a program that provides typically developing siblings a chance to interact with one another and share their experiences in a supportive, almost therapeutic kind of environment but at the same time fun full of games full of and it's a great support because I know I growing up did not have that support yeah so I'm now able as a facilitator to work with these kids and that brings me the greatest joy but just being able to I have a, a boy in my group who I've had since he was five he is now 11 12 later on. Um, and he would stay from time to time we would comment we would be sharing experiences and we would talk about um, his brother had cerebral palsy, as Buffy did, mm-hmm. and he would say, I would talk about Buffy sitting down in the middle of the, sh- you know, middle of the street, because she didn't want to go from point A to point B, right. and he, he would immediately go, my brother does that, or, <laughs> or my, my brother does, you know, we were, our siblings were very connected in the way they behaved, in the way that the, their mannerisms and their activities and their feelings, and anytime he heard me comment, it mm-hmm. was giving him that connection, and just hearing that, Oh, I'm being a source of support for Gibran meant so much to me because I'm like, all right, I'm connecting. I get so much from Zip Shops. Yeah. It's just you're giving back and you're giving up you can share that fellow empathy and sympathy and be yeah. that support. It's all gonna be okay. Right. Yeah. These are the this here's a sibling who's grown up with this and has come out around on the other end. Yeah. And you're important too. And I want to be here to listen, but know that anything you say here, so long as you're not planning to do any harm to yourself, obviously, is going to stay right here in this room. It's a safe place. I have followed a lot of my sibs right up as they're getting older. Yeah. And it's a great feeling to be able to be that source of support. It's wonderful.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, we were also talking a little bit yesterday, too, about um, the other group that I'm in on Facebook Um, and so many of them are, are hurting. They're angry, you know, I mean, it's, it's not easy growing up with a sibling with special needs, um, especially, um, when you're younger, um, because they require so much more help, um, that a lot of the times, you know, totally unsubconsciously our, our parents, kind of shift to, well, I have a normal functioning child, they're getting a little bit older, they can feed themselves, they can dress themselves, so I can shift more attention to my child who has special needs, and there is a tendency to become angry and develop a lot of anger, Um, because depending on how young the person is, they don't always understand, well, why is mom not paying attention to me as much anymore? Um, and so um, it's just so sad because so many of these young people on that group are, they're angry and they're hurting. And um, the, like we had talked yesterday, I really would love to see this podcast evolve into um, something like Sib Shops, you know, and and be able to, help those that not only help those who have lost a sibling, but help those that currently have a sibling. And they're struggling with the fact that um, their sibling gets mom and dad's attention, or, you know, they get their parents' attention. And, and, you know, I I think it took me a bit to kind of get past the idea that my brother got more attention than me, you know, because there's always that... Well, I, I want mom's attention because I'm doing this right now, but she's, you know, dealing with this or, you know, and and you do you kind of develop a sense of being neglected, you know, and um, I really feel like some of these kids that are that are hurting and are angry, you know, they don't necessarily know about the resources that are out there for right. them. Because, you know, a lot of the times the resources are out there for the parents the resources are out there for the actual child with special needs. Um, But there's not, you know, I feel like not until recently, there hasn't really been a lot out there for the sibling of the one with special needs. And um, I I really want to start focusing on, on kind of trying to to reach out to them, um, you know, and and trying to help them because I went through the same thing. You know, um, I went through being angry. I went through not understanding why Aaron got more attention than I did, you know. And so I, I would love to see this evolve into something like that, something that helps others, you know, that currently have a sibling, helps those that have lost a sibling, and just become a great resource to um, to help others know that they're not alone. I think um, that's
1: fantastic
0: because it's all about connectivity, being
1: able to connect to one another feel that you know get have somebody who truly gets
0: what you're what you're going exactly because if you don't know the resources are out there you you just have this this sense of uh, I have a you know I have a brother or a sister with special needs and and I'm kind of on my own you know you kind of feel like you are alone and I think that's why I'm I'm so glad that I found you know the loss of a a sibling with special needs group you know it it helped me because you know, yes, I know I'm not the only one that's lost a sibling with special needs, but until you connect with those people, you do kind of feel like you are you, alone.
1: You definitely do. And Tara Conley and, and has been absolutely phenomenal putting that together and just getting Nora and, and the others. who, It's just such a great resource and it's such a comfort to know, yeah. even if you're just sitting there and listening and at this point you're not able to speak, it's yeah. a comfort to just... As I know Nora, when I was trying to figure out where I fit in after Buffy passed, I'm like, oh, well, I'm not really a sibling anymore. Am I doing sib shops? Where am I going? Am I going into my sibling support? Where, where do I fit here anymore? Mm-hmm. She said to me, and I appreciate it, she said, you are a sibling now. You are always a sibling. You will always be a sibling. You are an excellent resource to other siblings. You have a place. In the sibling world, you just have to decide where you want it, what you want to do, and where you want to be. And yeah. we'll all be right here helping you figure that out because you're an excellent asset, and you need to hear that sometimes. Yeah. Like,
0: okay, oh that yeah, that absolutely.
1: Forward that pushes you out of the okay, I'm you know the pity, the uh, uh, confusion. Yeah. All right, I need that kick, and it was just what I needed to hear at the time that I needed to hear it. Yeah. You know, and then things start falling in place. You get you know. Um, you start hearing about the different groups and getting involved with them and then starting to do a presentation or two. Don Mayer is fantastic. I did a present interview presentation with him not too long ago. Um, and Sip Shops getting back full force. Yeah. Uh, I haven't told my siblings in Sip Shops just because I want to do that with them in person. Right. Like, I'm not going to sit on a Zoom and try to explain this to you. No, I want to do right. this.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, and it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, with everything that's going on right now, you know, a lot of it is all, it's digital. There's not a lot of, of face-to-face anymore, you know, and so um, anytime that I can connect with somebody, um, you know, and that's why I, that's why when I record these, um, that I, I do a video so I can see, yeah. so I can see the person I'm talking to, you know, <laughs> Um I, I don't know I if I can't physically be there with the person, if I can at least see the person while I'm talking to them, you know, it, it, it makes me feel a little better about um, what I'm doing. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I would really love for this to become something that can help everybody that's on the spectrum of, of, of a sibling with special needs, whether you're just starting out, you know, with having a sibling with special needs to, you know, you're not, you know, your your sibling has has passed, um, and and now you're kind of on the other side where you're not rec- you're not necessarily receiving so much, um, but now you're giving, you know, um. I feel like we're always going to need to receive a little bit as far as help and and things like that, and and always needing an ear to talk to, because we're always going to have times where it kind of pops up, yep, you know, definitely. um but I definitely feel like now I'm in a position where I can give back, you know, um, I've, I've had the ears that can, that can listen um, to me, tell my story. And, and now it's time for me to be the listening ear for somebody else. Um, and that's, yes. that's why I started this podcast was to, to transition from needing a listening ear to being the listening ear and being there for those who are, you know, they're still grieving, you know, um, because there's people who it's been years since they've passed, you know, 10, 15 years since their sibling passed. And then there are those who have just lost their sibling, you know, um, mine is a, a year and a half. Yours is just a little, little over a year, you know, so those are still, you know, kind of fresh Um, And then there are those who they've just lost them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I definitely, definitely am am ready to be the ear um, for those who need somebody to listen, whether it's venting about something that's going on in their life or they just just need to share their story, you know, and get their story out there. That's that is the goal of this podcast. And hopefully. Hopefully, I am achieving that goal. You um, are definitely, you definitely <laughs> are greatly appreciated in all. Of. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you for coming on here, um, and 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 sharing Buffy's story. Um, she sounds like an awesome person. Thank you. Um, you know they 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 really are all awesome people. They're unique and they're loving and they're caring and they love unconditionally. Um, and it's just the love of a, of a person with special needs. It is so special and it's so unique. And if anybody can experience that, it's, it'll change your life for sure. I don't think I would be,
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't think I'd be the person that I am today. Um, if I had had a normal functioning sibling, um, I probably still would have learned patience, but, um, I don't think I would have, um, learned how to empathize and sympathize as much as I do. Um, I don't think I would be as caring and loving as a person as I am. I don't think I would have been um, as understanding as I am now. So they, they definitely um, they definitely play a huge part in molding who you are. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, thank you for coming on and, and sharing her story. Um, I will have another guest. Um, next week. Um, I believe my guest next week is Megan. Um, so I'm looking for her on. Um, so we will, um, look, look out for that. Keep a, keep an ear out for that next week. Um, I probably will start doing little midweek, um, live videos on the Facebook page. So keep an eye out for those. Just kind of little touch bases to kind of see how everybody's doing, Um, I'm I'm considering a couple different things To start doing also I've got a couple things In the works um, so more to come On that uh, shortly Um, But I'm going to continue To challenge everybody um, Go out there this week and make it A point to make somebody smile every day Um, You'll be amazed At um, how it will brighten Your day and you never know what somebody is going Through that day they could be Having the worst day of their life And you make them smile and it makes it that just that little bit easier to get through the day. So that is my challenge. That will be my challenge every week. Go out there, make somebody smile every day. Um, If you have an experience with a person in the week that was just absolutely awesome and just made your day, share it. Um, You can share it on the Facebook page. You can send it to me. um, And you know, maybe I'll, I'll read it in one of my midweek lives with everybody. Um, But yeah, go out there and make somebody smile Um, Caroline, again, thank you for coming on. Um, I appreciate you. you.
1: Thank you so much for having me and for uh, making this possible. I appreciate it greatly.
0: Absolutely. Um, I really appreciated hearing Buffy's story and getting getting to know her. Um, But, yeah, um, we'll do another episode next week. Keep an eye out for that. Um, Keep an eye out for the Midweek Live on the Facebook page. And go out there and make somebody smile. Make somebody's day, and it'll definitely make your day. Um, so we will see you all guys next week.